This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Very good Monday morning uh, to you. We will be talking about the Oscars in this hour on the uh, programme. And I know people are quite disappointed that we didn't come away with as many gongs as we would have liked. But I think the big celebration for the Irish, for such a small nation to have had 14 uh, nominations. And it was just uh, terrific to see the win for the uh, an Irish goodbye. I was just so thrilled for those guys. Just, you know, a small little short movie and to walk away with an Oscar last night was just really really terrific. Actually Michael has already been on WhatsApp saying Patricia I'm delighted for the crew from North of Ireland on the Irish Goodbye picking up the Oscar last night and I certainly was delighted with the amount of nominations that Ireland received. Congratulations to them all. It was absolutely fantastic. But Michael says what made his night was the appearance of Jenny the Donkey. She carved her own Oscar history by appearing at the Oscars. Everybody kept saying beforehand that she wasn't mentioned but she stole the show last night with her appearance. It goes to show that anything can happen at the Oscars. After all, it's it's all about showbiz. It is indeed. Thank you for your WhatsApp, Michael, to 0862 103 103. And while there was a huge focus right across the weekend on what was happening in LA yesterday, there was a huge fo- focus on Murrayfield in uh, Scotland. And what a great game of rugby. And Ireland now are within one game of completing just their fourth Grand Slam in uh, history and of course we know the big match is next weekend England at the Aviva Stadium next uh, Saturday and their win of course against Scotland yesterday convincing win 22-7 Andy Farrell's side secured their fourth victory in four matches in the 2023 Guinness Six Nations and and that of course sets up next Saturday's game and it makes it even more a greater sense of occasion um, Ireland will be attempting to see a Grand Slam in Dublin for the first time and the fact that it's on the St. Patrick's weekend as well. Oh, you couldn't have wished wished for a better setup for a match. Now, the previous three times that they've won the Grand Slam, we've got to go back to 1948, back to 2009 and of course their last win was, it was in 2018. But what I didn't realise was they've never sealed a Grand Slam in Dublin. The 1948 match was held in Belfast. The 2009 one was in Cardiff and of course we'll remember the 2018 one that was in uh, London. And next Saturday's game, of course, is also uh, very, very important and very significant because it will mark Johnny Sexton's last 
Six Nations game as the Ireland uh, captain and he is retiring of course after the World Cup in France later on this year and asked when Johnny Sexton was asking what it would mean to him uh, to captain Ireland to a Grand Slam win in Dublin. He said it would be the stuff of dreams, really. He said, when you grow up wanting to do, I don't know why you grow up wanting to be the captain of Ireland, but he said, maybe it's because the players you admired the most were the captains. But to do it, he said, would be dreams come true stuff. And he will have the entire nation and the rest of the team behind them next Saturday. So certainly it was a great game of rugby. Um, it was a miserable, dreary all day, I think it put. If you were a rugby fan, it put everybody into great fun. In, in, it put everybody into a great mood. Uh, somebody says that uh, the match is Sunday at 5pm, uh, not uh, Saturday. Did I say... Is it Sunday and not Saturday? I'm going to have to get that one um, double checked. I thought it was Saturday. I, don't, I, I really thought it was Saturday. Let me let me just double check that. I'm sure it is Saturday. Uh, 0818 103 103. Uh, John Paul on the phones and checking it for us as we uh, speak. Now, uh, still, again, so much in the papers about eviction and about house prices and about rent and an increase in the tax credit for renters is being considered. And this is all part of a tax package, which obviously the government now are trying to address the fallout from the lifting of the eviction ban. The rental tax credit that was introduced in the budget and that's the one that allows single tenants claim 500 euro a year while couples of course can claim a thousand euro a year but for some reason there has been a very slow uptake on that tax credit since it was first introduced and I know it's something we've dealt with before we certainly dealt with when it was introduced telling people how they could claim for this uh, uh, credit so I'm really taken aback to hear that just 154,000 renters out of a possible 400,000 renters have actually made the claim through the revenue commissioners. Now, senior government sources are suggesting the scheme could be expanded into the next budget to assist tenants who, of course, are really, really struggling with, with record high levels of rent. Now, they're also looking at other tax breaks that could be considered for landlords. They're, for example, saying that they might uh, look at something that would potentially reduce rates of capital gains tax. And that would only be if a landlord sold the rental property to a tenant are sold it to an approved housing body. A series of other tax initiatives for landlords were considered by the Cabinet Subcommittee on Housing and that was the one, of course, that was tasked with drafting an options paper on the eviction ban. It includes introducing a new €14,000 tax break for landlords. Now, that obviously would be modelled on the rent-a-home scheme with with homeowners at the moment. They get tax relief on rental income up to €14,000 if they're renting out a room in the house that they're living in. So they're talking about could they model, could they do something like that for landlords? Like everything now has to be done to keep the existing landlords, the private landlords that are there to keep them as landlords to stop this what would be a tsunami of people trying to find rental accommodation. Now there's also a group of tax experts have said that thousands of tenants could actually be losing out on that rent credit because they're saying some landlords are flouting the rule around registration. See one of the conditions in order to get that €500 rent credit or €1,000 rent credit uh, for a, a couple is that the tenancy must be registered with the Residential Tenancy Board, the RTB. 
However, as it's up to the landlord rather than the tenant to register the tenancy, a number of tenants are unfairly now losing out on the rent credit through no fault of their own. And at taxback.com, who we've spoken with before, and I know I was talking in the office with John Paul, we're we're trying to get them on again uh, this week. They're calling on the government to abolish that rule because that's preventing private residential tenants from claiming that newly established rent credit if the landlord is not registered with the RTB. And tenants themselves are so nervous about getting a notice to quit they're not going to pressurise the landlord to make sure that the landlord has registered with the RTB. And only last week we heard from landlords who felt that having to register with the RTB every year and there's a cost involved uh, in it. Um, and so I, if, I didn't realise there was a cost involved. So that could just be putting some landlords off. But it is now having the knock-on effect that these tenants who are already paying very, very high rents every year and, you know, an extra €500 Euro a year or a €1,000 a year if you're a couple would be certainly very, very welcomed uh, indeed. So let's see. Uh, will the government take on board what taxback.com are saying? 08, uh, 0818 103 103. You can text your WhatsApp to 086 103 103. And um, I was right and John Paul has confirmed the Ireland-England match at the Aviva is on Saturday at, at 5pm. Uh, when somebody says the match is on Sunday at 5 has come back and said sorry my mistake it is on Saturday. Thank you but you got me second guessing as well when I saw the text uh, come in. The 103 were very proud to be supporting the Irish Cancer Society's Daffodil Day which is happening Friday week March the 24th and fingers crossed for a fine day because it makes all the difference on Daffodil Day if the sun is shining. Now as we know unfortunately cancer takes from us every day it takes the big days the little days and everything in between it replaces them with treatment days and recovery days but together we do have the power to take those days back from cancer. The Irish Cancer Society's Daffodil Day is a day to give hope and a day to raise vital funds so that one day cancer can take no more. Now daffodil pins are available from any of the Daffodil Day volunteers right across Cork City and County and the money raised on that day uh, will help fund cancer-free support services and life-changing cancer research. If you would like to take part and donate or help out in any way, please see cancer.ie 0818 can I put a shout out for one of our listeners, please? And this happened on Friday uh, and I know it's still a long shot, uh, but let's let's hope that there is some really, really honest person out there. One of our listeners had an envelope that contained a sum of money quite a large sum of money and they had it in an envelope which they placed in a pocket I'm assuming on a jacket or something it was near Ballydaheen Credit Union in Mallow they then left the Credit Union in Ballydaheen and they went to Dano's in Supervalue and when they got to Dano's in Supervalue the envelope and the large sum of money was missing so it fell out somewhere between leaving the credit union in Ballydaheen and getting to Dano's Supervalue in uh, Mallow if anyone found that envelope can you please contact us here we obviously have one very very upset uh, listener who is offering a reward for the return of that uh, money 
This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at C103.ie. Cork East Fianna Fáil Dáil Deputy James O'Connor has called for the contract with Aplus. They're the national car test operator not to be renewed over what he describes as the serious mismanagement of the NCT testing service. And Deputy James O'Connor joins me this morning. Good morning to you, James. Good morning, Patricia. Now, I suppose, start firstly, what is or do you have the current figure on the number of cars who are currently waiting for an NCT appointment? So the answer to that question is it stands at approximately um, 400,000 vehicles. And that figure never seems to be coming down um, of, of late. Now, I know Aplus have quoted the backlog is partially down to lack of tas- testing that happened during the COVID pandemic. Does, does that argument stand up anymore? Genuinely, I, I believe it doesn't. And, you know, what does concern me about all of this is that there does seem to be almost an attitude within the Department of Transport that this is acceptable. And what really bothers me about this is that it's, I won't go as far as to say it's negligence, but there is a reality that vehicles that are on the road driving without a valid NCT um, is both a vehicle that's not been tested for safety, but in addition to that, it's also a vehicle and a driver that is committing an offence from a technical point of view. And now, while Insurance Ireland have stated that that vehicle without the NCT, given the circumstance, is insured from, from from the point of view of the law, it does mean that the vehicle driving on the road um, is actually uh, breaking the law. And, and that, that to me, you know, just shows that this, this is a problem and it's a problem for every motorist that I think, you know, there is an obligation on the state to fix. Uh, now, obviously, the road safety authorities, people will know um, as, a, as a body have responsibility when it comes to um, state agen- uh, the, the sta- as a state agency that deal with uh, vehicles on our roads and they have the management of the NCT um, contract and I'm very concerned with the RSA's position on this, in addition to that of the company. And I do think we're going to need some radical overhaul to deal with the backlog. Yeah, and I know the RSA are always saying, you know, to regularly service your car. But we know that there are many people who use the NCT test to find out what is wrong with their car. There are, and, and people will be familiar. It's It's often deeply frustrating that you'll come out from an NCT and you'll get your list and there may be several things wrong with the vehicle that didn't have to go and be rectified. And look, sometimes it can be an annoyance. It could be a small thing, a light, like a light or something that's easily fixed, but other times it can be something more substantial. And given the fact that there's now 400,000 vehicles um, on this waiting list with, with Aplis Plus, you know, it's, it's quite clear they're not going to be able to deal with it. And what I do find is that The system that we have in Ireland compared to what some other European countries have, where, you know, if you brought your car, for example, if if, if Patricia Messenger was driving an Opel and you went to an Opel garage tomorrow um, and you got your service, that if it's if it's a main dealer where you do that service, I do find that you should be able to to get uh, some form of NCT. Um, from going to a main dealer, which is which is actually a practice done in some countries rather than going to a private entity 
where you go in and you have to, which is Aptis Plus, which do the NCT contract today, uh, which do a, an NCT in its own right. So we need to get a little bit more, um, I suppose, perhaps clever about how we're going to try and give additional capacity to the system to deal with the backlog. But recruiting qualified mechanics is an ongoing issue uh, for the company. So they're struggling to match capacity with demand. They are. And what we heard from from the company is that they undertook these missions to Spain and to the Philippines to try and find staff, um, while at the same time, um, a very significant number of their own staff left the company. Um, This is to do with with wages. Obviously, we're in a climate where we're an economy which is great at full employment, uh, but that does bring challenges. But the Atlas Plus salary for um, for mechanics is significantly lower uh, than many uh, main dealerships would pay for a, a specialised mechanic or te- technical mechanic that has some degree of experience in training. Uh, and there's quite a difference in the salary, about 15,000 from a lot of the roles that I checked in line when I was doing my research into this topic. Uh, and on top of that as well, um, you know, there, seem, there does seem to be quite substantial issues uh, with with Aptis Plus. One that came to light is that they, you know, I, I know it's only a minor thing and, and there's many parts of the of employment in Ireland where people don't get recognised at Christmas time. But, you know, they had a situation where they was to, to have a, a Christmas function every year uh, and they removed that and give the staff 10 euro instead. That's right. Um, that's so, right. That really, there was a lot of very disappointed and angry workers uh, with Aplus. But at the start of February, Aplus pointed out that some of the blame, uh, they pointed the finger of blame at the three and a half thousand people who they say fail to show up for a test every week. That's three and a half thousand spots then that'll be missed. And that's correct. And that's that's a valid point. And, and there is there is some degree of, 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 of shouldering of the blame that can be taken on that. But as a matter of fact, what I am hearing is that, you know, for, for garages that have had um, cancellations, there was one particular one that told me that they had one particular weekend where they had 20 cancellations. And what they did then as, a, as, as the alternative is that they actually brought in 30 vehicles from, from dealerships and garages that wanted to be tested because they were being sold. So it's not necessarily a knock-on problem when it comes to cancellations having an impact uh, on the queuing system because dealership cars have been brought in anyway that might be sold. So what I do find is that that excuse it actually doesn't really stack up. Uh, and it was one that Atlas Plus used. So, you know, above all else, what I, I'm seeking to do and what others are seeking to do is for, for the benefit of people on the road on a daily basis, you know, that we're driving on roads for the vehicles that are on the road, have a valid NCT. It's for safety and the other issue that we all need to deal with. And I know there is motorists who are concerned with this who don't have an NCT, particularly those that might be vulnerable road users out there. They're, they're, they're under the impression that, you know, am I, am I on the road driving a car illegally because I don't have a valid NCT? And from a technical point of view, the answer to that question is yes, and we're all turning a blind eye to it. And that's something that I do think that the Department of Transport and the RSA they do need to address. Mm. Do, do Apples face penalties if targets are not met under their service level agreement? Um, from from that point of view, how they make their financial income, it comes from the fee that paid. So the €55 euro fee that needs to be paid 
um, for booking of a standard NCT test is how they generate their revenue and their income. So from a penalising point of view, it's difficult to know what what instruments are there from the point of view of the department because the subvention, to my understanding, is, is, is not that significant. But what is significant is that the contract next year is due for renewal, to my understanding, and I think that's the Department of Transport's opportunity and the Road Safety Authority's opportunity to come in here and have a radical overhaul. We've got time to prepare for the expiry of the contract. There are times to come up with solutions. Uh, and what I do find is that if that's done correctly, Patricia, uh, there is that once in, 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 in a three and four year opportunity uh, to review the situation from head to toe. Uh, and and is, top of is, that as is well, it, did, did they not re-sign a 10 year contract? Bringing them up to 2030? In twenty in, in ten year contract is as in when apologies. Um, I thought there was um, during the pandemic. Um, there was in twenty twenty. I thought they signed up for a, a, a ten year contract, bringing them up to twenty thirty. You saying it's twenty? I mean, during the discussions in the transfer committee last October, my understanding was that there is an opportunity for that to be looked at next year. Oh, is it um, okay? So perhaps right, so, a great, so you, so, a great so, cause in it. So you feel it just shouldn't be renewed? Uh, well, personally, yes, and or else what? What the alternative would be? Is that the 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 garages uh, the, the main dealerships in Ireland, which which have the technical expertise to go through, you know, they know the specification of every engine of every vehicle that's coming into them. I do think they should be allowed to look into it as well because this is done in other European countries, mm. um, and that there is that NCT qualification system. And the last point um, in terms of the of, of of the of the previous comment I was making was that the 55 euro refund. Figures were released last week that showed that the 55 euro refund was not paid out to anybody that had waited more than 28 days. Uh, and that to me as well is is, is just not right because they, said, they stated it, the RSA and Atlas Plus, they reintroduced the customer charter back in October. Uh, and now we know with the figures being released that the 55 euro has not been paid to anybody who had to wait more than 28 days. And everybody knows that the delays are, 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 are massive. Like if I was to book a test, um, I'm, I'm here in y'all at the moment. If I booked a test, I'd have to wait for, for approximately um, for approximately seven or eight months. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm going to Mano later on and, and some of the test centres near Mano um, are, 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 are a similar wait time. So, you know, it is it is highly frustrating. OK, and on that, the people who do wait uh, excessively long periods of time, an issue that constantly comes up when we're discussing NCTs, and I can see Eddie and Mallow has been on about it just now, that if a car is, is tested, the day that it gets tested, your, your NCT search should be valid for 12 months from that uh, date. Uh, he cites an, uh, an example that if you were due to get your NCT, say, in May or June, but you didn't get a test date until August, they backdate the search to May or June when the original NCT was due. So you, he feels you're not getting the full 12 months out of it. And we hear that constantly from people. That's a very good point that was made. And, and what I do find is that it's actually down to the European restrictions because it's something we've looked into. So that shows why it is super important that the NCT backlog is very minimal so that people that are um, in, in a situation like that, but they are waiting that period of time and want a valid NCT from that particular day are actually getting the full use of that time. Uh, and that's actually down to European rules, not something that's here in Ireland through our regulation. 
And that just shows you why, you know, it is such a, a, a rolling, a rolling mess, effectively, uh, and why the only way of, of dealing with this is trying to deal with that backlog, bringing that that backlog from four hundred thousand vehicles down to somewhere around, you know, fifty thousand, where the waiting lists uh, are, are less than a month, mm. uh, and and ultimately, uh, until that's dealt with. We're going to have a lot of questions, just like the one that was asked there. Yeah, uh, which, and, which, and which actually over the weekend, in advance of you joining me today, I was, you know, I was doing a little bit of research, just trying to remind myself and everything that's been happening with NCT and, and Apples. And I read a piece from the RSA back in January of this year, and they were saying that by the end of May, we should be back to a 12-day wait time. Are you optimistic of that happening? I'm certainly not, um, because even on the employment front with the company, you know, efforts to to recruit and uh, staff seem to be the primary objective. Yet there is a huge exodus of the the of the existing staff that they have. So you know, it's like filling a a, a bucket of water with a hole on the bottom of it. You know, we're not going to get where we need to go. Um, and and that to me is 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 why I've no particular confidence in them and okay. I, I, doesn't, I don't like saying that as a politician okay. but you know it's, it's, it's just the case. Okay we leave it there James listen thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Thank you Patricia. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, Mary says morning Patricia just to tell you about my positive experience with my NCT test. I was about a fortnight away from the expiry date I went online and the next available date was June so I rang them and I got a date within two weeks. I also then needed a retest and I got my repairs sorted in a garage and I had my retest and I passed says uh, Mary. Uh, yeah and we do hear that from people that if you ring the local NCT centre they seem to have some kind of a wait list or something that if you urgently need to get an NCT uh, certainly we've heard of that before thank you for that Mary the cream of Irish screen talent were out in force for last night's Oscars in LA and to talk us through the winners and losers at the 95th Academy Awards ceremony it's our showbiz correspondent uh, Crossy good morning to you Crossy good morning do you know what isn't it a good morning, but not a great morning? Like, I, I think we all had these rose-tinted glasses on on Friday thinking we're going to come back with a ton of winners. But we came back with two, which was still good, which is still great. Yeah, you see, I'm very slow to say, oh, we were disappointed last night. Because for me, we were winners just by being there. We're a tiny little island nation and we had an unprecedented 14 nominations. Yeah, I, I think just for the year that was in it, I think we were up against some massive talent, some massive redemption as well from Hollywood with the likes of Brendan Fraser and all that. I think we were up against everything. It was great to see. Like, it was great to see, you know, everyone's been out partying into the wee hours. They're probably still partying at the minute. There's an eight hour difference in uh, in the time from us to L.A. So I can only imagine the parties are still on the go over over in L.A. Now, this movie that had wiped, cleaned the board with the the sags, everything, everywhere, all at once. What a name for a movie. Um, Talk to me about that and, and its wins last night. It had seven wins last night. Now, it's a, do you know what? Someone said it to me recently that this is a real... Oscar sort of movie you know it, it has so much culture to it it's a bit left to centre compared just say to the Banshees of Inishirin which you know it's Irish it's based on an island and it's two friends falling out with each other without giving away the plot line whereas this they were time hops multiverse parallel universes 
and you're going, what in the name of God is happening with this? And it's got some top-class talent as well. Seven wins is just, to me, amazing. Like some of the speeches last night as well, when Michelle Yeoh, when she won the Best Actress, she was like, for people watching at home that are like me and look like me, this is for you. And I think words like that are so powerful. The camera instantly went to Sandra Oh, and she was crying in the audience. Mm. So representation matters movies like this matter and uh, it was great it was great to see like they, they've won everything they won best picture as well um they won best uh supporting actor as well the guy who was in indiana jones and he was in the goonies as well and to see him go up and just his smiley head where he thanked his mom and he was like look mom I've won an Oscar. I loved that. I loved loved that. Look, ma'am, I've won an Oscar. I thought that was such a great line. And of course, the best actor one was the one we had great hopes of an Irish win. But uh, would you see it as not unexpected that Brendan Fraser got it for the whale? Do you know what? Brendan Fraser, I think, was always going to win. And that was the thing about it. You know, as I said, redemption. There's a lot of articles on the fact that, you know, Brendan Fraser wasn't done well over the years through Hollywood. And he actually mentioned it a tiny bit in his in his in his speech when he won the award as well. Uh, The movie, it's very deep. Again, is it more of an Oscars movie with, you know, so many layers on top of it rather than the likes of the Banshees? Interesting, though, I kind of felt. Jimmy Kimmel touched on it. He was like, "We've uh, five actors up for an award in every point in every part of Dublin today," which was great. <laughs> that you know, he mentioned he mentioned Ireland, but there were a lot of people who kind of I know he did say, "Oh, there's five other people," and he says, "Oh, it won't be long now before we have a have a fight." And I was mm. kind of like, "Oh, come on, that drunken Irish stereotype should be long gone at this stage." You know, but, maybe back in the sixties and seventies would have been better. Saturday Night Live, the piece with. With Colin Farrell, yeah. oh God, that and was so, that so annoyed me. You would have thought that with that Saturday Night Live t- sketch that went out, that was twenty four hours later, and Jimmy Kimmel still had a slagging match about Ireland as well. Now, from what I've heard this morning, now uh, through the camps of ban- the Banshees, apparently there's war going on. Uh, with the makers and the people within Banshees with SNL because, you know, you wouldn't go on and slag off someone, who you know, because Colin has had his demons and he's battled them very well and he's a great role model for people who are battling demons. But to allude to the fact that he was drinking alcohol or that he was drunk is is an awful thing to do. So from what I heard, you know, we may not know about it, but there's a lot of talk going behind the scenes about what they said on Saturday. Yeah. Like it wasn't even funny. Like there was nothing funny about it. No, 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 no. 100%. 100% it wasn't funny. And the best supporting actress, um, I really, really wanted uh, Kerry Condon to pick up the award. But that, that went to Jamie Lee Curtis, didn't it? For everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she won a BAFTA, 40, a BAFTA 40 years ago and then wins it again. And it's the same thing with the Oscars. Uh, her speech was brilliant. If you get to listen to it today, uh, she started off by saying, you know, the people in everywhere, everything, we won an Oscar. To the people who've watched all my movies, my scary movies, we won an Oscar. And everything was we, 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 we. And then at the very end, to my late mom and dad, I won an Oscar. And it is so emotional. 
how she, you know, she goes and then she just talks to her mom and dad saying, I, uh, it's, a, it's a great moment. I'm, you know, as much as I love Terry, I'm delighted. For for yeah, yeah. Was there, I, I was slightly disappointed for Steven Spielberg, even though I have to say I haven't seen the movie, but um, he's, he's actually only won two director Oscars. Which is really surprising with all the movies that he's done and the Fablemans being that movie that really it shows a kind of, you know, into his life because it's based on his life. So I would have thought, you know, that would have lapped up everything with the Oscars. There's heritage in there. You've got some fantastic actors involved in it as well. But for some reason, it just didn't hit all the right parts. Now, to, people don't know that it's like the elections, you know. When you when you get nominated for an Oscar, you need to schmooze the people. There's about ten thousand votes that happen over the the two to three months that it's on, and they're sell 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 when it comes to movies. But for some reason, it. it just didn't sell enough, you could say. Okay, all right. And of course, we did have the two big wins in particular, um, an Irish uh, goodbye. I actually watched it yesterday. I think it's about 22 minutes long. I didn't realise it was such a short movie. It is absolutely delightful. Um, and Crossy has sent us on. This is the acceptance uh, speech from the guys in an Irish goodbye. This award is the most important thing about today because it's this man's birthday. <laughs> He's out here in Hollywood. Wearing a leopard print suit jacket. Uh, we'd love to use the rest of our time up here to sing for James. Happy birthday to Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear James. Happy birthday to you. Uh, I just Pop, and you can clearly hear all the audience got behind uh, singing uh, to James and his, oh God, bless him, his face on stage, the excitement. I was th- absolutely thrilled for them. Is that the most famous happy birthday that's ever been ever. done? Think of the talent that is in that room. Lady Gaga, Rihanna, Kate uh, Blanchett, Colin Farrell. And they all sang happy birthday to him. And do you know what? Fair play to two directors, uh, Ross and I think Tom, the other guy's name is. Like, fair play to them for, you know, giving up their moment to go, do you know what? There's more to life than this. Yeah. A happy birthday to James. And I think that will that will go with them a long way ahead, I think, hopefully. And uh, Richard Bannum, he's from Dublin, isn't he? He, he won it with, yeah. it's, it's his second Oscar, isn't it? This is the for Avatar, Best Visual Effects. This is great. And he went on, he says, Gura Mahagut. He spoke in Irish, okay, which I let think me, you know, I, I a lot it. more praise. I actually have it here. To James Cameron, or Jim Cameron, whose thumbprint, artistic thumbprint is on every frame of this movie, obviously, and John Landau, who is the, uh, the engine who drove us forward. Like, uh, 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 we accept these awards on behalf of a very, very large crew. We'd like to thank the lab in LA, the lab and the stage crew, in both LA and uh, New Zealand. Well done. Well done, Richard. And actually, his second um, uh, Oscar. So uh, we managed to get to two, but as I say, it, just by being there on our, our 14 unprecedented nominations, it bodes well for the future, doesn't it, for Ireland and the Oscars? This is massive. I think there's a lot of people over in L.A. this year, sorry, this week, and they're making deals. They're saying, look, this is what we can do and this is what more we can do. I know the Minister, Catherine Martin, has been doing a ton of meetings over there because, you know, like we have tax breaks, we get we give grants. A mad one for you. If you're ever watching, you know, Marvel movies or DC movies, and you know, where the movies are always at the very end. They show something after the credits. Mm-hmm. 
always keep an eye out for the very end of the credits because sometime you'll see the government of Ireland on it. Wow. Because, you know, we've such a massive uh, movie industry over here when it comes to editing, when it comes to, you know, producing and all the Like the movie may not be shot here, but it could be edited here. So it's always good to see, you know, you see, oh, there's Ireland, even for massive movies like Marvel movies and all that. So I think Catcher Martin and all the gang are over there this week and they're doing Trojan work, trying to get more movies here. Like the next big movie that's out, Cocaine Bear, Elizabeth Banks directed it. Sure, that was only done in Wicklow. So it seemingly is atrocious. Have you seen it? Oh, geez. I, <laughs> I, I, I haven't. It, you know, it's on my list. I have to watch it. Uh, Ray Liotta and God, look, he's passed away now. He, he that was has. his last movie he did before yeah. he passed away. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's more the idea of the movie sounds very interesting, but yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. one of those things where I was like, oh, maybe I can skip this movie sometimes. Okay, and very finally, what what did Hugh? Why is Hugh Grant getting slammed online this morning? Do you know what? Some actors don't like talking to people. And I think Hugh Grant is one of them. And I think people need to give him a swerve now. So he was stopped on the champagne carpet because it's not a red carpet this year. And he was stopped on the carpet and the poor presenter who had to talk to him for five minutes. He just, yep, yep, no, yep. She asked him, where did you get your suit from? Because that is the famous thing that they ask on now the champagne carpet. Oh, it's just my suit. Oh, I don't know the name of the tailor. And then she asked him another question and he blanked her again. And then another question and she he blanked her again. I was like, oh my God, give this poor girl something. Like she's only here doing a job. You're on the carpet. You're supposed to talk. You're supposed to have a chat. So people are saying, you know, he sh- he probably shouldn't have been that mean. But I think that, you know, Hugh Grant, that's yeah. what he's like. You know, he's and one also, of those actors. If, if you don't want to do it, then avoid walking the champagne or the red carpet and go in another way. Just, you know, avoid it. And completely. walk a different yeah. way. It, and there, right. and I know for a fact in these red carpets, there are different ways. Is there? So, yeah. Because you're well used to them. I'll let you get back to bed. <laughs> and uh, thanks a million for, for staying up for us, uh, Crossy. Thanks for that. See you later. Uh, Bye. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is our showbiz correspondent, uh, Crossy. I mentioned Saturday Night Live and the sketch. Uh, and in case you missed what they did, uh, uh, the, the, taking off Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, here it is. How do you guys like your chances tonight? Uh, you know, that's a word saying, you know, like, uh, take words of troops for where in your bay. Hey, me glean, green, glean, cutary, swill, tuny trees in it. Yeah. <laughs> but like they say, you know, our I times to go work are giving like it's been for long on. So Take key team, me whole team at CAA. <laughs> wow, and they haven't even started drinking yet. Shocking, <laughs> shocking. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even find it funny. Considering Saturday Night Live was the programme where Brendan Gleeson did that fantastic monologue and brought on Colin Farrell uh, can't understand how they got away with that so good to hear that there's a bit of kickback in LA to- You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed But a number of calls in this morning to say that the Amazon scam calls are doing the rounds again. There was a flurry of them in the run up to Christmas and you could understand that because lots of people were ordering packages online and then they kind of went quiet uh, for a while but they seem to be back and back with a event and John Paul has been receiving calls from people saying, look, will you let people know the Amazon scam calls are, are coming hot and heavy? And lo and behold, I don't know whether it was on to our work phone 
or his own phone, we received one of the Amazon uh, calls. Now, we didn't answer it, but of course, even when you don't answer it, they leave a voicemail. So John Paul has downloaded the voicemail. So this is either what you would hear if you answered it or if they leave you a voicemail. In order from your Amazon account. To confirm this order or to connect to one of our customer support representatives, please press 1 and stay on the line. Please press 1 and stay on the line. So you can see it is a computer generated uh, voice as well. So just be careful of that and make others aware that the Amazon scam calls are uh, back. We were talking about the Oscars and how well the Irish did in the Oscars and just how good this is for the industry, for the Irish film industry. Kathleen in Canturk was on to say she was watching, watching and following Smother. Last episode of Smother was on last night. Kathleen in Canturk feels it was one of the best shows produced for Irish television. It does show why we need to support the film and TV industry in this country with the plots and the twists and the turns in Smother. She said, I really, really uh, enjoyed uh, it. Uh, And just for people who may have recorded the last episode and you haven't watched it uh, yet, turn down the radio for a second because there's a spoiler alert coming in the next text from a listener. So just turn down the radio if you've recorded it and you haven't seen the last episode uh, yet. But this uh, listener says... um, the finale of Smother oh my god she got away with it can you believe her phone records showed she spoke to her daughter at 7.15 but lo and behold she rang Joe the Garda and it never showed up aha come on now how pathetic I felt that was a huge mistake and it ruined the whole thing for me says uh, this uh, listener because uh, it was it was it's a fantastic series uh, it really is good and of course if you haven't uh, seen it I've just given you away the ending if you haven't seen it uh, because you can you can get it on the player as well and can I say to people the Irish goodbye that won the Oscar last night it's only 22 minutes long they showed it uh, after Tommy Tiernan on Saturday night but it's on the player as well well worth sitting down and watching it particularly now that it is an Oscar uh, winner as well but yeah it proves when you see you know the 14 unprecedented 14 nominations and when you look at programmes like uh, Smother uh, we are really really good we've really come on when it comes to the art of film filmmaking in this country and the other listener who doesn't like the way Smother ended is also wondering about listeners views on Dancing with uh, the Stars listener feels that they seem to want Suzanne Jackson you know she's the influencer they seem to want her to uh, win I've uh, yeah I've had that sense about her as well because there was the dance where Suzanne Jackson completely messed up I mean I felt sorry for her was in the early days of the competition and they still scored her reasonably well I mean at the, at the same time that she messed up other dancers who you know might have been better dancers but you know who didn't mess up the dance got lower scores than she did and there is that sense like they want Suzanne uh, Jackson to uh, to uh, win if that's if you've been following Dancing with the Stars are we down to the is the last of that next week as well all of those programmes are coming to an end 0818 103 103 Barking Dogs uh, Carol has been on is wondering how other listeners have dealt with the problem of barking dogs in your neighbourhood she's been living in an estate for the last 15 years there's one particular 
dog that barks all day long. It goes and it happens about three to four days every week. Yesterday, the dog was barking from 7 a.m. in the morning until 8.30 last night. Why? Because the owners were away. The dog is barking again today. Now, before Carol says, before somebody says to Carol, well, would you go over and have a chat with whoever lives in the house? She has. She's approached the uh, owners, but no joy. She says there's no legislation for this and she's wondering now, could other listeners help her and how do other listeners deal with the situation? I mean, if you got onto a dog therapist, they would straight away say to you, if you got onto a vet, they'd straight away say to you, that's not a happy dog. A dog should not be barking all day. There's obviously anxiety going on. The dog doesn't like being on its own. And the fact that you're hearing the dog so clearly, I'm assuming it's been left in a back garden, maybe in a run with a kennel or something. But that's a distressed dog. Anyone, any dog that's barking all day uh, long. And you summed it up by saying yesterday the owners weren't there. So hence the reason the dog was barking. And of course, the owners are away. And obviously it's on the day that the owners are away that the dog is barking incessantly. And they're not, even though they are aware of it, because Carol says she has uh, told them, but they obviously don't realise how bad the barking is. I wonder, could you record it? Is there any way you could record it so that they can see, you know, how long the barking is going on for? But anyway, it... Carol isn't the first person to live in a neighbourhood with a dog that's barking incessantly when the owners are away. If you've been in a situation like that in the past, how did you deal with it? And would you have any advice for Carol, please? Because according to Carol, she says there's no legislation to govern this. Can anybody offer Carol advice? 0818 103 103 or you can text our WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. I knew when we invited James O'Connor to come on and talk about NCT and the running of the NCT centres, I knew that that would prompt a number of... uh, comments in. It's one of those issues that annoys so many uh, people. Uh, Somebody says, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that you have to get your NCT every year. I feel that is ludicrous and you do. NCTs kick in after for the first four years on a brand new car you don't have to get any NCTs but when they're four years and older that's when the NCT tests uh, kick in. Then you have to get an NCT every two years until the car is 10 but it's once the car reaches its 10th birthday then you're into having to get the test ton done annually. And that's annoying people who have had a delay getting their NCT uh, test and an NCT that might have been due in January, but somebody mightn't have got the appointment until, say, May. And then they go, car passes the NCT and suddenly they're told they have to get their next NCT the following January again. They don't. People feel that they don't get the full 12 months out of it. But I did put that point to James, to Deputy James O'Connor. He said he looked into it before and it's to do with some EU regulation. So it isn't that the NCT centre are trying to get you back to get more money from you. It's an e, it's a, an EU ruling. 0818103103. Hi Patricia, if the Minister put as much effort into sorting out the NCT centre and debacle and waiting lists as he is trying to get money out of people for driving into cities in a congestion charge and we would have no problems at all if we put so much effort into sorting out the NCT centres. And John heard James O'Connor suggest, as they do in other countries, where instead of going to an NCT centre for your car, to get your car tested every year or every two years, depending on the age of your car, that instead you'd go back to a main dealer who would do a service on your car. And then once they've done the service on the car, they pass the car 
and you get your NCT search that way. I think that's what happens in the in the UK. I don't know if, they, if you have to have a service done, but certainly they're tested in garages. But James O'Connor felt that that was a good suggestion. John John disagrees about taking cars to main uh, dealers. God help us if that comes into law. It's bad enough buying cars from main dealers, but sometimes if you go there for services, their services can be much more expensive than go say than say going to your local mechanic. And then someone coming out in praise, and it's good to praise when praise is due. Listening to your discussion on the NCTs, I've had an NCT done in a Charleville last year, and recently had another NCT done at the Little Island Centre and I've previously attended their centre in Blarney. At all times, I found the staff to be extremely courteous and extremely helpful, even when I failed on one occasion. So I do think, says this texter, that it's important to compliment the staff while acknowledging the shortfalls of the NCT as an organisation. And that's a really good and a valid point. And I would 100% back that up that any time uh, I have been to, I always get mine, I always go to the NCT centre in Charleville. It's the one closest, it's the one I like going to. Not a fan of driving into the city, even though I know Blarney, where people say you're not going into the city in Blarney, but I like the NCT uh, in Charleville. It's nice and handy and easy for me. That's where I've been any time I've had to have a car NCT. And I 100% would agree the staff are extremely courteous and uh, ever so helpful. Um, I, I would agree with you on that. And I don't think anybody has ever taken any of the workers themselves at task. It looks like listening to James O'Connor that they're under, well, not underpaid, but they're not paid as well as they would be paid if, say, that they were working in a garage or working with the main dealer, for example. And we all remember what happened at Christmas when they were meant to have a bit, they normally have a little bit of a Christmas party and they go out for a meal and instead they were given a 10 euro lunch voucher, which seemed really, really insulting to the staff. 0818 103 uh, John Paul is taking your calls. You can text our uh, WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Part time sales assistant is wanted from Mabel's Fashion Boutique. That's in Bandon. Please call Mabel at 087 9945026. Childminder wanted one day per week for five year old twins. That's in the Fremont area. 086 086- 83973396 and a drain unit operator is wanted for full time position in the Cork area full clean B license is required 087 7068533 and an arctic truck driver is required full or part time work that's in the Kinsale area 087 2537871 you'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. cmig.ie. The Banking and Payments Federation Ireland's Fraud Smart Group is warning retired people and pensioners to be aware of sophisticated scams in which fraudsters are seeking investments of upwards of €20,000. Neve Davenport is Head of Financial crime at the uh, the Banking and Payments Federation and Neve joins me. Good morning to you Neve. Good morning, thanks for having us on. You're very welcome. Is there evidence now that these scams are deliberately targeting people either approaching retirement or recently retired? 
Yeah, that's the exact kind of age group and target market that they're looking at. And the reason being, um, as there's multiple of factors, that you may have just come into a lump sum on your pension or you're looking at, you know, your, your retirement savings for the future and you want to make sure that you have enough to live on um, or try indeed improve on what you have for your retirement age. So they are looking at that age group in particular. It's a very large minimum investment of €20,000. But if you do have a lump sum from a pension, you know, you may, may think of investing in it. So it, it's not people with a, a spare 20000 lying around. It's people who've been working hard and paying into their pension their whole lives and then they're, you know, taking their lump sums out and investing them. So it's very specific. And how are the fraudsters initially interacting with these people? So, again, they're kind of playing into people who may be thinking or having a look at um, investments online. You know, talking about investment schemes that you'd well recognise names, that you'd well recognise in legitimate bonds. And they had advertisements for these on either social media or on, you know, your internet browsers, for example. So when you click on these that you may think you're interested in them, it brings you to a, a website, a very legitimate-looking website, and, you know, it has different information on it, the, the rate of return, all the things that you'd expect to see with an investment scheme. And on that, you can leave your details, like you would on any other website, you know, submission inquiry, leave your details, and then follow up with a cold call. And they are, they're, they're quite pushy, I believe. Yeah, they're pushy. They want you to make a decision. So that is a red flag. You know, if someone is pushing you to make a decision on it, it is a red flag to watch out for. Do take your time and do your research. And just because it's a name that you might be familiar with doesn't mean that it's legitimate. So it's a bit like any of the scams that we see, whether it's a tech scam saying, you know, um, HSE or whatever. Just because it says it's from somebody or it's something that you recognise, it doesn't mean that it's legitimate. So make sure to do your homework. And in doing that, what I would say is that you need to contact the company directly. Do not use the contact details that you have on the website or indeed from the person calling you on the phone. Um, and the other piece that they're using as well is very um, convincing brochures. They might email you a brochure. Again, if there's contact details of that, don't use it. Go to Google it yourself or whatever way you want to research it, but independently get that number and contact the number directly. And it really is, by all accounts, Lee, very sophisticated. And as you say, they've got all the brochures and they've got you know well-known investment names and logos. So that's what sucks yep. people in. Exactly. And all of these steps, because it's such a layered approach, you know, between the website, submitting your inquiry, sending me the brochure, following up with the phone call. You know, it's so it's so such a journey, I suppose, that it brings somebody on that it just helps build that sense of trust that they are who they say they are. And that's how they get you to kind of, you know, maybe act that you would in a way that you wouldn't normally because you are convinced that it is them. Yeah, and seemingly one incident was identified. It was the bank. Was it the bank became suspicious? Yes, we've had a couple of cases where people unfortunately have fallen victim, but then we have other cases that, you know, whether people are making investments, the banks are questioning them and saying, are you sure you want to make it? And they're going to have a look at it. And then we've also got customers who've actually, because some of the bank's um, details are being placed on it as well as the investment schemes. And they actually rang them directly, one of the investment schemes directly. And they were able to say, no, this isn't us. That's not how we would do things. And, you know, fortunately, they didn't make any transfers. So you're not making the transfer even on the line, you know, you're making it, you're going onto your online banking and transferring it. So really, you need to take that time out and just say, hang on a second, something just doesn't seem quite right here. Yeah. Any idea, Neve, on how much has been stolen in this investment fraud in, in recent years? Unfortunately not. It's quite early. Uh, we've always seen different types of investment fraud over the last number of years, but we really wanted to get this alert out at the moment. We don't have any stats on it because we've really only seen this one in particular since probably 
just before Christmas, but in the last two months, all the Fraud Smart members have seen have seen this scam taking place. We really want to get out ahead of it if we can and try and prevent anybody else from transferring money. And I suppose on that too, um, if your listeners want to, fraudsmart.ie is our website and you can sign up to email alerts on it. So we do send out alerts quite early on of different scams that might be doing the rounds at the moment. And obviously with this one, we went out a couple of weeks with an email alert. So if anyone wants to sign up, it's fraudsmart.ie. Okay, and of course, there's always the danger, Neve, when we're discussing crimes like this, that they can be underreported. People get very embarrassed when they think they've been duped. Exactly. And, you know, it's nothing to be embarrassed of. We're kind of a nation of talkers, but when it comes to our money, we, we tend to go quiet. So don't be embarrassed. This is not like something that you would have seen years ago with, you know, dodgy websites and like that they look really fake or the spellings are wrong or images are wrong or, you know, it's an unusual accent maybe that you never recognise. Um, unfortunately, it's still the case as well. But it is very easy to get fall victim to these scams. So just because it's not based in Ireland or that, don't please think that you've fallen, fallen for the scam. Contact your bank straight away. That's really important that you do that. You know, there is a chance of getting some of the money back, but you have to act really fast. So don't be embarrassed and act really fast. And the second thing is to uh, contact and garnish the economy. Um, even if you haven't fallen victim and you didn't make it, but you actually came across the scam, you may have a piece of information, whether it's a phone number that they're calling from or an email that they sent or an email address, and the guards are, will be able to collate all of that information and hopefully, you know, every little piece of information counts in trying to track down these fraudsters. Yeah, but, and, and the big one here is is the pushiness. Uh, anyone who's trying to really has a deadline, you, you need to sign up, you need to transfer the money, alarm bells should yeah. start to ring immediately. Exactly. And, you know, they're very good on the call. They'll have the script. They know what they're saying. They, um, you know, they'll use um, language colloquial, maybe even to different parts of the country. They're very, they're very convincing on what they're doing. And they'll have call centre noises playing in the background. They may be able to put you on hold. You'll hear hold music. And sometimes they'll even transfer you to their supervisor or their manager as well. Somebody else will talk to you. So again, all of these tactics are really, like, again, to just lure you in and convince you that you are talking to who you say you're talking to. All right. And as I said, they're not, you know, they're big sums of money. I mean, €20,000 is yeah. a lot of money. And, and and you're making the point, that's not necessarily wealthy people that are being targeted here. No, and I think, you know, when we say that amount of money, people kind of, you know, we, I, I really want to make the point that it's not something to brush aside. That this is people who have been paying into their pensions for their life, like, you know, their whole working life. And they're trying to, especially with the cost of living, everything is... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. So much more expensive. Everyone is trying to you know, make the best and ensure that they have enough to live on for their retirement. This isn't about a glamorous lifestyle. This is people trying to do their best for retirement and have you know, enough to live on, as I said. So it is really important that people take note and, and know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, good, good advice. And actually this morning we started to get a flood of calls from people who are receiving the Amazon scam call and then lo and behold, yeah. our work phone here at the programme got one and, and we recorded it and, and played it out, The one of the ones where you've got to press one. They're yeah. they're back around again. They kind of, we hadn't they heard from them in a while. Back around. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I think, I'm not sure if it's the same one, but like the one I got one on the landline this morning as well here, and it, you know, renew your Amazon account for seventy nine euro. So again, not necessarily huge amounts in those ones, but the problem is seventy nine euro builds up, and it might not be something that gets noticed as easy. Or you might be more convinced to do it because it's, it's like, oh, that seems about right, you know. Mm. So the the other one, um, if anyone is, it's eFlow is a huge one at the moment, a tech scam. And again, if you've used the eFlow system, maybe regularly going to work or the toll bridge or whatever it is, um, you know, you're using that regularly. Based when you see that your your payment has failed. You're going to be quick to try to say, oh, geez, I need to do that now to make sure that, you know, I don't have any issues going to work tomorrow. So it's easy. They do try to get into people's daily lives and make it as easy as possible for us to fall victim. That's the way I would look at it. Yeah, yeah. They're clever at what they do for sure. All right. Listen, uh, Neve, thank you for that. And thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good morning to you. That is Neve Davenport with good uh, words of advice from the Banking and Payments uh, Federation of Ireland Fraud Smart Group. Uh, fraudsmart.ie if you want to sign up. But this is certainly the latest one where they are really targeting uh, people c- coming up to retirement or people maybe who've recently retired and have a lump sum. So please, please uh, be careful. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at c103.ie. And by the way, I can see questions coming in for Annalise Drussell, a nutritional therapist. If you've got a question for Annalise, you can get those into us now. John Paul's taking calls at 0818 103 103. You can text our WhatsApp as well. Now, I want to go to the phone lines where Michael in Blackrock uh, joins me. Uh, good morning to you, Michael. Morning, Patricia. How are oh, you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, this is one of these long shots, but fingers crossed. And <laughs> let's pray to Saint Anthony and and all of the saints in heaven that we can solve this one for you. Are looking for somebody who is either later on today, tomorrow, would even Wednesday morning do? It would. would. Yeah, hundred percent. Someone who's flying to Lanzarote. Correct. Yeah. Why? Um, I have uh, I have a property in Lanzarote and. Um, I was getting it transferred onto my name solely and I took the deeds out there in December and I met my solicitor and uh, 
he told me that they were needed. So last Friday, he made contact with me and told me he had a date with the notary office on Wednesday morning, on Wednesday, and he needs the deeds out there. Um, so uh, I didn't want to post them because A, they wouldn't get there in time, and B, if they got lost or anything like that. So um, that's my main reason, really, for getting on to you to know if there was anybody and going to did, did you try and, could, can you electronically, you know, scan and send them? Yes. We did a copy of those, but they want the originals as well, you know. Uh, because yeah, because there'll be new uh, deeds issued, you know. Now flights to Lanzarote out of Cork, do they ha- are they every day? No, but there there is there there is tomorrow Aer Lingus and Ryanair are going, you know. Tomorrow Tuesday. Yeah, and I think the next one is Thursday. But this will be an exceptionally busy week being Patrick's week, you know, a lot of people will be going there for the true, week, you know. True, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's an an envelope, an A4 size envelope, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And when they arrive uh, in Lanzarote, what would happen with your A4 envelope? Well, um, the office is very near the new shopping centre, which is bang on in the middle of, between the new and the old town, you know. Okay. But if I got into Lanzarote, I'm sure I could... Uh, Easily organise it with the solicitor from there, you know. Okay, all right. But all the details will be with the with the envelope, you know. And, and if you miss the court slot on Wednesday, it it just had to be rescheduled. It'll be delayed. Uh, it'll be de- yeah, it'll, it'll be delayed. Three months. Wait time again, you know. And how long have you owned a, pro- a property in Lanzarote, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a mobile home and. Um, we, I think it was about five years we used that um, one day in the year, and that was the August bank holiday. And we decided that we'd buy a place because we were spending as much for one night in Ardmore as we were travelling to Lanzarote maybe three or four times a year. That was back now in 2007, 2008, you know? Yeah. So in around that time, I'd say. And what's, what kind of a property is it? It's an apartment... Um, in the middle of uh, the new town. And how often do you go over there? Um, maximum once a year. But my intention is to go a lot more when I uh, hit the magic figure, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's Lanzarote. Did, I don't know what it is about Lanzarote, but we in Cork, we love Lanzarote. But Trish, it's, it is, the climate out there is amazing, you know? Especially at the time of year when it's like, when it's very poor here, you know, from Christmas to March. Now it can be a bit hit and miss, but by and large, like I was there, you know, in the very the cold weather here in December, maybe the first ten days of December, mm, mm. Uh, we were swimming in Lanzarote, you Rock, know? rocking around in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and like it, it, it's an ideal. Like there's a pile of um, you know. Um, People who are retired that live out there, you know. There's a lot of expats. Yes, yes. It's so cheap to live out there. Like, I mean, it's, you, you know, you, you could have a fantastic meal for 25 quid a head, you know. Yeah, and you save a fortune, obviously, on heating. You don't have all of the heating. Well, you don't have bills. any heating there. Yeah. There is no heating there, you know. And what, um, about, what about electricity and things? You know, I mean, we're all, I mean, it's not just Ireland that's seen an increase in electricity bills. Yeah. Have you noticed your electricity bills on the apartment? Not, not exceptional, no, no, no. Water is very expensive. And you can't drink the tap water? No, no. But, you 
know, um, that's, that's probably the one thing on it. Like, but you certainly would live very comfortably there on your, uh, you know, uh, a pension or mm. provided you owned the property now, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you can understand yeah. why people do decide to sell up and get their place in oh, the sun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but, you know, lots of people go out there for three or four months from kind of November to in the February or, you know. Oh, yeah. And spend the entire winter out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And do you ever it, it, do you ever rent out the apartment? To family and friends, I would, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but the long but the, the, the long term goal is that once the retirement comes, you'll be Michael in Blackrock. Will be Michael in Lanzarote for most of the year. <laughs> Was there in the crash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we now need somebody <laughs> flying to Lanzarote tomorrow. There must be somebody in Cork flying to Lanzarote tomorrow yeah. who will carry this envelope. And we've got all of Michael's uh, details. We'll keep our fingers yeah. crossed. And yeah. who's who's the who's the saint of hopeless cases? Saint Jude, is it? We'll say a quick prayer to Saint Jude as well. And yeah. uh, promise Saint Anthony money. I have a great believer in him. Yes. All right, listen, Michael. We we'll keep in contact. Thanks for that. Right. <laughs> Thanks a million. Bye 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 bye. Michael in Black Rock and anybody help you know of somebody flying to Lanzarote tomorrow it literally is an A4 envelope it would be great if we were able to help out uh, Michael 0818 uh, 103 103 uh, John Paul taking your calls uh, let me just take a quick uh, look at something oh yeah this was someone was on to us earlier about it was Roshim was on to us earlier to say that she'd been reading up over the weekend about the amount of money that was spent on ventilators by the HSE and by the Department of Health during COVID times and did we know that many of them were never used? We did, we were well aware of it and she's wondering what will ever happen with that and will anyone be taken to task about it and will there be any kind of an investigation uh, about it and she was just, her jaw was dropping at the weekend when she was reading about it. Well, I have seen today that the Oireachtas Public Accounts Committee, you know, the PAC, they are actually going to bring in the HSE into their uh, committee to discuss what many people, not just Roisin, describes as a damning report into the procurement of these COVID uh, ventilators. The Controller and Auditor General, that's the report that Roisin was reading at the weekend. They published it. Um, they published this report last week. Now, seemingly, this report was about two years in the making and that report has recommended that practical guidelines be put in place for public bodies concerning the making of advance payments to private contractors because um, that seems to be the problem. There was all of these advanced payments made uh, to companies who were making ventilators that weren't up to scratch and in some cases the ventilators never arrived and there's a big hoo-ha as to what happened to all of the money. There was millions of euros paid to suppliers and to sources in China for these ventilators. Now obviously this was at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. We now know that many of them were never used and many of the ventilators were never used because when they arrived there was quality uh, concerns and then there was others that were paid for in advance and they never arrived at all. Uh, the P- the Controller and Auditor General's report found that no business case had been prepared. That was in terms of the figure of 1,900 ventilators. That's what the HSC initially deemed was going to be necessary to procure. Now, they did that, in fairness, in March of April of 2022. And in their defence... 
we were watching what was happening in other countries. We certainly in March and April was watching what was happening in uh, Italy. I remember speaking with one uh, GP who had contacted the programme to say he had had friends in Italy who said that some of the consultants in hospitals were faced with situations as to who could go on a ventilator and who couldn't go on on to a ventilator. And we didn't know if the very same thing was coming down the track. So I can understand why they saw it necessary to buy extra ventilators. But it was the way they went around procuring them that I think is the one that really is going to be a question. The Controller and Auditor General's report concluded that the HSE placed orders for almost 3,500 machines, total cost €129 million and that actually was nearly twice the number of ventilators that the Department of Health had actually approved. So the Department of Health had decided we needed these 1,900 and somewhere and someone and some group of people within the HSE decided no, we're going to go over double that and we're going to go to 3,500. So the Public Accounts Committee now are going to bring in the HSE and they're expected to deal with the various issues that have been presented in this Controller and Auditor General's uh, report and the committee chairperson is uh, Catherine Murphy and she's agreed that there needs to be something in addition done to follow up on the report's conclusions. So she's not happy to just have this report making the conclusions. This was what was wrong. She said more needs to be done. The HSC is currently engaged in a dispute with one Irish company called Roku. R-O-Q-U, Roku, I think think that's how you pronounce it. And that's in relation to a deal for ventilators that near the beginning of the pandemic, and that was when the country first went into uh, lockdown, uh, seemingly 14, just over 14 million was paid to this company, uh, Roku, for a ventilator contract uh, which saw a limited number of ventilator machines being delivered in Ireland and that was by the end of April uh, 2020. The delivered machines then did not meet the quality assurance standards set by the HSC and they were never deployed in a clinical setting. So the PAC hearing regarding ventilator procurement will likely take place in the early weeks of May. So we're going to have a few weeks uh, to await and the issue of ventilators has been discussed of course many times at committee hearings over the past two years. It isn't the first time that the Oireachtas committee meetings are starting to talk about it. However, this is the first time the issue is going to be the main focus of a dedicated uh, hearing. So let's let's see what the HSE will have to say. Will say. And also, I think the big question that needs to be asked is, how did they go about selecting the companies who then went off and bought the ventilators? I mean, this is just one uh, company that they're currently in dispute with. But, you know, to set up a deal with a company who then deliver X amount of not even the full commitment of ventilators, but uh, drop these ventilators into the country and then when they're checked uh, they're not anywhere um, anything like that we can use uh, and that would be safe for us to use and you know when the HSE looked at them they realised none of the quality assurance standards that we would expect of a ventilator and therefore they couldn't deploy them into clinical settings because nothing would have been worse than somebody who was in need of a ventilator being put on a ventilator that uh, actually doesn't do what it is meant uh, to do 0818 103103. Uh, okay, we are going to uh, Greta in uh, Tallow. Is on what line, John Paul? Is on one. Okay, this is on a, a completely different uh, issue. Uh, good morning, Greta. 
Good morning. Okay, Patricia, I'm, how are you? I, I'm I'm very well. How are you? I'm not too bad, but I just got a bad fright there the other night. Um, last Saturday night, I was travelling over to Tallow for on the Dungornia Road, and just before the turn off for the Canna Road, um, a deer just walked out in front of me. What time of night was it? Eight o'clock. Dark. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. I, and you were on a bend? No, no, it was straight. Well, it was we're just before a bend. Oh, I know what you're saying. It's just before the turn off to Connor. Yeah, so, okay, to Connor, yeah. The deer runs out in front of you. He walked straight out in front of me from, uh, came, came out of a woodland area, or type yeah. woodland anyway. And you hit it, obviously. <clears throat> I did. And uh, it damaged the front of my car. There was a car behind me as well. And uh, the thing about it is I emailed Eamon Ryan to know had he insurance covering his roaming animals that he'd like around the country. Because, like, as farmers, we all have to have insurance and homeowners, we have to have insurance. Car owners, we have to have insurance. That's a good point. If if you had a... a, a if you owned a horse and a horse got out and hit a car, you'd be responsible, wouldn't you, as the owner of the horse? You would. Yeah, and or same a dog. for yeah, yeah. Uh, did you hear back from Eamon Ryan? No, no, no. Have you been onto your own insurance company? No. Well, I think it would be his place to hold responsible for what he's doing to us. He can't jeopardise our livelihoods like this. Are there many deer in that area, Greta? I was told this was covered with them. Are there signs up to tell you that this deer? No, oh, no. Okay. Okay, I wonder has anybody actually sued the department when exactly what happened to you happened? You say there was a car behind you that they didn't yeah. hit you. Did they hit you? No. From behind? No, no, no. Okay. No. All right, but you're okay. But a bit shook up, I imagine, were you? I was very shook up after it. Yeah, it's a bit of a fright to get. Okay, let's see. Has that? I, I know it's happened to others, but does Greta have any leg to stand on in getting on to uh, the department and on to Minister Eamon Ryan, the Department of the Environment, to say, you know, wild deer technically belong, do they belong to the department? And if so, she wants the cost of her car uh, repaired. Okay, we'll stay in contact with you, Greta, and let us know if you hear back from Eamon Ryan, will you? I will. Okay. All right, thanks for that. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Mary has been on to us by WhatsApp to say it's next Monday a bank holiday. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, this coming Friday is a bank holiday because it's St. Patrick's Day. But the following Monday is not a bank holiday, uh, Mary. Um, texts coming in and calls coming in for Annalise Drussell. Keep those coming, please, because Annalise will be joining us later on in this hour. Let me stay on the subject that we dealt with in the last hour when Greta, uh, who last Saturday, unfortunately, hit a wild deer, done a lot of damage to her car. Now, thankfully, she is OK, uh, but has done a lot of damage to her car. And she's after, she's after writing to Minister Eamon Ryan, Minister for the Environment, asking him, will he pay for her car? Uh, Noel joins me on this topic. Good morning to you, Noel. Good morning, Patricia. How now, are you? I'm very well, thank you. You drive, you drive for a living, do you? Yeah, I'm on the road 24-7, you could say. Okay, do you come across a lot of wild deer in your travels? Uh, fierce amount of I walk out of the forestry, you see. I haul timber out of the forestry. And uh, the amount of deer is just phenomenal. It's just, it's crazy. You wouldn't drive a mile in, half mile in the wood and you could meet 
they had them maybe 10 or 15 cross me away. And obviously you're, you're aware of them, so you, you haven't been involved in an accident with one of them? No, close shares are right. Okay. How do you feel about, what do you feel about Gretchen's chances of getting the money from Eamon Ryan? She probably, I doubt it. But here's the point. Someone will have to take a case against the government, the OPW, uh, Eamon Ryan and National Parks and Wildlife. Because if you're a farmer and you have animals, and animals stray on the road, you're entitled to Claim. do the farmer, like if they're an accident. Now, if you want to go in and shoot any of these deer, right, you can't do it. You have to get a licence and you have to get this, that and the other thing. So therefore, the government is taking ownership of the deer. Do you, and do you think there's more deer in recent years? There's a proliferation of them. Oh, God, there is. That's crazy. See, the, I, I actually see lads going in there um, doing this call, right? Yeah. Like, they wouldn't hit the side of the barn door. They have all the gear with no brain, like. I mean, we, we, have, we have the Irish Army sitting on their rear end most of the time, or a lot of the time. They're qualified marksmen in death. This oh. we brought why, why, why don't they? Well, the last figures I can find, and they're back in, uh, is from 2018. Firstly, the AA says that 13% of motorists admit that they've been involved in an accident with uh, an animal. But they say that the, the deer are not one of the common common animals that end up in an accident with a car and in 2018 there was just over a hundred road traffic accidents recorded that involved a deer would you think that number would be higher today I'd say they're just fixing the figures themselves well, they were the they were the, no. That's from Garda Corner. That's the that's the official figures from Garda Corner. But the Irish Deer Commission, okay, they say. Yeah. Listen to this, and Gretchen won't be happy happy with this. They say wild deer are not owned by anyone while alive, so you cannot claim from the local authority or the landowner. If you're involved in an accident and your car suffers damage or you're injured, some comprehensive car insurance policies may cover damage of your car. The removal of the dead animal is inter- is interesting though. If the accident happens on a public road, it's the responsibility of the local authority to remove the deer and if the accident happens on a private road, it's the responsibility of the landowner. That's just to remove the deer but if there's damage done to your car, they say wild deer are not owned by anyone and you can't claim. You think that should be challenged? Definitely. That's only passing the book down to someone else. Thanks. Well, that, well, it's the laws. It's the law. But as you say, if, it, if it's challenged, what would happen? And I wonder, let's see if we can find out, has anybody ever challenged, uh, ever challenged it? But you are right. If I had a horse or a cow and you were involved in an accident and it was my horse and my cow, you can claim off me, can't you? Sure, if a cat yeah. across the road and you crashed, you could find the owner to catch you, could claim off him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, listen, uh, Noel, safe travels and keep a lookout for those deer. Does any, but I say it would be interesting, I would be interested to hear has anybody ever gone through with a claim? Because according to the Irish Deer Commission on their website, uh, irishdeercommission.ie, it says wild animals not owned by anyone, therefore you can't claim. Now, they do say how to reduce accidents for everybody out there on roads with deer. Uh, reduce speed 
mind when you see a warning sign and stay alert. See, I did ask Greta that was their signs up to say that there was deer and she said that there isn't uh, signs up. So if you come across a deer warning sign, stay alert. Prepare to stop. Never swerve as you can hit another obstacle or a vehicle. When you see a deer, dip your headlines as the full beam may cause the deer to freeze. If the deer has crossed in front of your vehicle, be aware that others may follow. And then they say increased signage and deer fencing requires expert advice to avoid unintentional increasing of uh, accidents. Anyway, that's from uh, and that that's I don't know if I, if I can get a more up to date a piece from the Irish Deer Commission but the figures they're using date back to uh, 2018 but certainly looking at that it doesn't hold out much hope for poor old Greta trying to get the cost of the damage done to her uh, car. 0818 103 103. Thank you to a number of people who are flying to Lanzarote tomorrow and have very kindly said that they'd bring out Michael's uh, A4 envelope um, and bring it out to the, his solicitor in Lanzarote. Now we're, we're putting Michael in contact with the various people who have contacted us. But thank you. We, there seems to be a lot of people exiting Cork and heading to Lanzarote uh, tomorrow. So thank you for your kind offer. And our Cork people just so good. And if we can help out somebody else any way we can, we're the first there to say, not a bother, I'll, I'll help you out. So thank you to people who have who've kindly got, listened to Michael and what he needs done in Lanzarote tomorrow and a very kindly agree to carry his A4 envelope uh, for him. Hi Patricia, there's a big pothole on the Kiss Game Boherbree Road. I saw a car damaged by it this morning. Could you ask Cork County Council to come out today and sort it out? Can I suggest that you get on to Cork County Council and clearly tell them where the pothole uh, is? And if others do it, we have proven that in the past, that if you get local people contacting to say that there is a very bad pothole in an area if Cork County Council get enough phone calls about it they certainly will be out doing their best uh, to try and uh, fix it. 0818103103 we spoke about scams earlier this morning and in particular these new very sophisticated investment fraud that's doing the rounds you really need to watch out for that one because that's targeting uh, looking for big money like €20,000 so they're going for people who perhaps had retired and got a lump sum are people who have their life savings and are trying to do their best as they're heading into retirement. So you've got to be very careful of that. And that then led to me talking about the Amazon text that's doing the rounds. We got another one here this morning. And then the eFlow one, that's the one that cropped up I think only in the last couple of weeks, uh, the eFlow one started to uh, do the rounds. And it's a one basically saying eFlow payment failed due to system failure. You have a bill to play. Please, please pay the toll before your due date. And of course, if you've been recently on a tolled road and you paid your toll, you're thinking, oh, maybe it didn't go through. Well, lo and behold, a listener says, I got this scam on Saturday. Strange enough, I had just gone through and paid a toll on the Limerick to Galway road is a big brother watching us through our phones. I think probably just a coincidence, but yeah, when that happens, you do have a tendency to think, is somebody watching me? Do they know I just went through a toll? But there's been a lot of people getting those eFlow payment ones. Please be very, very careful. And eFlow have come out publicly and stated that they don't send out text messages like that to tell uh, somebody that they owe a toll. So be aware of uh, that. Eddie from Mahan said to tell Greta to bring the deer home, it makes for great eating. And do you know, I, the one question I forgot to ask Greta, I'm assuming 
the poor old dear was killed even though I suppose Greta is just worried about the damage that was done to her car rather than worrying about the poor old dear but I'm assuming the dear was killed but that's deemed a road kill and you are I take it if your car is involved with an accident with the dear I take it you are entitled to bring it home and use the meat according to Eddie from uh, Maham uh, you get great eating out of it 0818103103 quick mention to a coffee morning that's going to happen this Wednesday Balancholic guard the station from half past ten until one and it's in aid of Motor Neuron and the Field of Dreams Field of Dreams of course is set up by the Cork Down Syndrome uh, Association so that's Wednesday morning if you're in Balancholic pop into the local Garda station where you'll be able to get a nice cup of coffee and old or if tea is your fancy I'm sure they'll give you a cup of tea instead good luck to everybody there The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing community and business supports all across the county see corkcoco.ie Mallow Social Services the Meals on Wheels group they've got their AGM tonight half past seven it's in the Social Services Hall on the new road in Mallow all new members are welcome. Kilshanik Active Retirement Association, they're holding their monthly, uh, their next monthly meeting uh, tonight in Laharan Heritage Centre. Now, throughout the year, they hold social meetings, yoga classes, aqua aerobics, IT training for seniors, day trips, etc. Membership is open to retired and semi-retired people. Anybody over the age of 55, new members are particularly welcome. And they have details of their upcoming four-day break, which is taking them to the Boyne Valley in Trim. For more details and information on what is a voluntary group, you can contact Kilshanik Active Retirement Group on 087 277-4114 and Donnerail Active Retirement Group they are meeting this afternoon 3 o'clock Arts and Crafts will start at 2 all welcome to join and Bingo continues in Butterwind GAA Hall tonight 8 o'clock start they have got a jackpot of €3,050 all are welcome and the Diary of Anne Frank uh, will be told with original music and stunning on-screen visuals on Saturday the 15th of April. It's in the Palace Theatre in Formoy. Tickets are €18 Euro and it includes a wine reception and are available by contacting 025 32042. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.org. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at C103.ie. Keep your questions coming in for Annalise, please. Jim was on to say, out doing a little bit of shopping at the weekend, and he went into a well known uh, supermarket to buy some eggs. He normally buys branded free range eggs. I don't know if they've gone up or not, but they were €2.46 for six eggs. And when he looked down at the bottom of the shelf, he spotted the supermarket's own range free-range eggs for €1.60 so a little under a euro uh, cheaper so Jim says I said to the wife should all eggs come from the same place well I had two of those eggs for breakfast this morning and they were beautiful delicious eggs people start people need to be looking at own range uh, products Jim I think a lot of people are looking at the own range brand because uh, they certainly are cheaper even though of late in supermarkets everything every single week you go in uh, everything seems to be seems to have have have, have gone up and I know Candor they are the group that look at our supermarket habits 
and they do the surveys that come out. I think it's nearly every quarter just showing which supermarkets we're spending our money in and, you know, where's the best. I don't know if necessarily they do the where's the best value, but they certainly look at where we spend our money and which supermarket comes out on uh, top. But they are saying and seeing, you know, it's about it's well over a thousand euro now extra per year we're paying on all of our groceries. And they say that if people stick to the same brands that they've always purchased since before the cost of living crisis happened, then you're going to be paying even more. And they're saying the only way you can save money is to not be brand loyal and to look at the shelves. And Jim is right. If you look at, if you go into a a supermarket shelf, everything that's at eye range is usually the most expensive of whatever item you're trying to buy. If you look down lower or higher, you'll find cheaper alternatives. And I think many people have started to do that. And many people have started to discover that the own range brand has come on an awful lot from, say, the day of the yellow packs, the yellow packs, good old Quinsworth, wasn't it, was the yellow pack range. They were the first to bring in an old brand range and we were all very snobby about it. And the quality wasn't there for sure. But when you look at own brand products now, certainly the quality has come on an awful lot. So glad to hear that you are enjoying your eggs this morning, Jim, and that you got them certainly at a cheaper price. Hi, Patricia, this is back to deer and what happened with Greta. And, you know, we're getting so many calls in about deers and accidents involving deers. We might see see if we can do something on it. And has there been a huge increase in the number of deer? I know they do a cull and animal rights people don't like the idea of doing a cull, but something has to be done if the deer population is let to run riot. Anne says, uh, Patricia, not alone are deer a danger to motorists. Please remember and bear in mind that they also carry TB, which is causing it to spread to our cows and cattle. Again, the department expects us, the farmers, to get a special licence if we want to shoot these deer on our land. The department don't want to have anything to do uh, with them. Um, Also, Anne said, they started tagging and vaccinating the badgers. So what's the point of doing that and ignoring the fact that deer are also a carrier of uh, TB. We might look at one of the farming organisations just to see how big a problem is uh, our deer or maybe get onto one of the motoring, someone like the AA to see, are they seeing an increase in calls from people? Because as I say, the last piece of information I found was from 2018 and in 2018 the Gardaí were saying they'd only only 100, little over 100 reports of motorists involved in accidents with deer but I suppose the question then is, has to be asked how many people actually report it so could that figure be even higher because Noel who drives for a living and he's in and out now he's in wooded areas where you would expect to see more deer but he reckons there's a lot more deer today than there was say on uh, previous years 0818 kind of annoyed when I was going reading through the papers uh, today because a topic that we regularly hear from our listeners on this programme whenever we talk about people trying to access social housing and people trying to access council housing we inevitably will hear from some of our listeners who will be able to cite boarded houses that are in their area and we get calls from right across uh, Cork City and County and some will say houses been boarded up not just for a couple of weeks some will say they're boarded up for many many months and it can take so long for the council to turn around what the council referred to as uh, voids we've heard over the years from people who would have had a loved one who left a council house and left it in pristine condition but still the council had to move in they had to get contractors in lots of work had to be done and you know the person leaving the house couldn't understand why the keys literally weren't just handed on to uh, somebody else well I read in the papers uh, today that the Minister for State for Local Government, that's uh, Kieran O'Donnell, 
he said that Cork County Council needs to get the finger out. And he says the Cork County Council needs to apply for more staff when they are needed. Now, around one in 25 homes in the country is vacant. Now, that's according to the Central Statistics uh, Office and how they measure that. It's on people that have a metered electricity consumption. So they know meters are in there. So... The house is livable because it's got an electricity meter, but there's nobody living in it. Now, they had a, we had a census last year and the CSO said that nearly 167,000 vacant homes and apartments are registered in this country. Now, you'd have to dig down into them. Some of those are holiday homes. Uh, others are homes that say, say somebody's going into a nursing home and that's the reason that the house is vacant. But in the middle of all of that are homes that are simply vacant. Of those, of the ones that were vacant at the last census, nearly 48,500 houses that were deemed vacant in 2016 were still vacant in 2022. So our own, one of our own Cork East Fine Gael TDs, David Stanton, was speaking in the Dáil and he told the Dáil that Cork County Council's Chief Executive Tim Lucy had previously said he would need a vacant homes officer for every single town in the county of Cork. And David Stanton said he was amazed to hear that the local authority had not availed of funding for these new uh, posts. Now, we know that there are new officers in place across all of the 31 local authorities. I think Donegal is the only local authority that doesn't have a vacant home officer. Cork County Council is the biggest local authority in the country by geographical size. And of course, it's the second largest entity overall. And that should have more than one vacant property officer. Uh, that's according to David Stanton. But Kieran O'Donnell, who is the Minister for State for Local Government and responsible for housing, says, well, if that's the case, the onus is on the local authority to make the case for it. He said, if a request is made and we agree with it, uh, it will be up to the local authorities to be proactive and to make applications. David Stanton, this, I'm reading this from the Irish Examiner today, said that he had now written to uh, Ted uh, Lucy since he made that discussion, since he had the discussion in the Dáil, because David Stanton said this is low hanging fruit that could make a real, real difference in making vacant properties and bring them back into life. He says he's reliably informed that one town in Cork alone has a hundred vacant properties. Now, we're not saying these all belong to the council. Many of these are privately owned. He said we must be more proactive in encouraging local authorities to make the business case for getting to grips with the problem. David Stanton said it is a win-win. It will bring town centres back to life and it would also make more homes available for people who are desperate to own their own house and to have a key that they can put in the front door and say this is their home. And then separately, about one some 1,250 applications have been made to the government. This is the vacant home revamp grant scheme that actually came up on the programme uh, last uh, week. This is a scheme now that is across the country. It's been running for about the last nine months. The scheme was launched July last year. Now, initially, it was only launched for vacant properties that were in towns and villages. But then, obviously, the housing crisis got so bad that the department decided to extend it in November. And now it covers cities and it covers vacant properties that are in rural areas. And under this scheme, people can apply for a grant of 
€30,000 to restore a vacant property. Now, they must obviously go on to live in it as their main house. And then if they have purchased or they own a property that is completely derelict, then that grant can go up to €50,000. And then if you add into, if you go to somebody like Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland and you look at getting energy grants, there's up to about 27,000 extra can be purchased there. So we have about 1,250 applications. But if you look at the CSO with 167 167 vacant houses from the last census, many of those are properties that would need some work in order to bring it up. And, you know, there are people out there desperately trying to get onto the property ladder. So maybe more people need to start looking at this vacant property, spot a vacant property, try and find out if it's up for sale and apply for the grants that are uh, available. But Kieran O'Donnell is very much putting... I don't know if he's, he's he's putting the football very much back into Cork County Council's goal mouth and saying it's their failure to apply for more vacant property uh, officers. And, you know, I think Ted Lucy from Chief Executive of Cork County Council and David Sanchin are right. Just because of the size of the county, it would be impossible to have one vacant property officer trying to go around the whole of the county to work out which are vacant, which are not vacant, who's responsible uh, for for it being uh, vacant. So let's watch this one closely and see uh, will the council apply and try to get more vacant property officers anything that can be done to get people into their forever home has got to be looked at This is the Court Today replay on C103 and Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballancolic uh, joining us on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon. Patricia. And you are very welcome. Lots and lots of questions in for you. Let me go straight to one that came in early this morning. And I appreciate somebody sending in a text early for fear that I'd lose it. I made a note, but here it is. Um, hi, could you ask Annalise, please, what would you recommend for Vertigo? Okay, so uh, vertigo, it's a kind of a difficult one, really, Patricia, and it depends what is causing the vertigo. But in my experience, mostly, it has been caused by a virus and uh, that's kind of a relative of the flu virus. And it affects the canals of the inner ear. So those canals would be responsible for balance. Um, so if they become inflamed, you can get that feeling of vertigo. So you feel dizzy, out of balance. You might feel nauseous, like you would be seasick, basically. So the best thing to do is really work on bringing the inflammation down in the inner ear if there's any mucus. Um, Plantago is a great herb for mucus that's in the ear area. So that would be good for that. But what we used to have a great supplement before, Patricia, and it really worked well. It was a very good natural anti-inflammatory designed for the inner ear, but unfortunately it was discontinued. So we try and mimic that by putting a few different supplements together here in the shop for our customers. And one of them is um, the Nature's Plus um, Kids Ear Inner Ear one, which has got a couple of things in there, including bacteria that are very beneficial for the inner ear. So that's by Nature's Plus. And we also use another very powerful natural anti-inflammatory, which is by Scientifica. And it's called, it actually used to be called P4, but now it's called P4 Immune because it's a natural anti-inflammatory for the immune system as well. So the Scientifica P4 immune, the Nature's Plus inner ear, 
And also then we recommend that people drink rosemary tea because there was rosemarinic acid in the last one that I think was, was very good as well. So try a combination of those for about a month and hopefully you'd find that it's lessening. Okay, now there's a couple of people in with products looking for your opinion on it. Somebody is inquiring about a product called, and I hope I pronounced this right, uh, Lignosus. It's for respiratory conditions. I think it's also known as tiger milk. Okay, I can't say I've heard of that one, Patricia. So maybe we leave that till next week okay. and I'll look it up in the meantime. And then there's another one. It's a mouthwash. Uh, Prodendium. Haven't heard of that. Haven't one heard either. of that. So <laughs> I'll look them both up and we okay, can do right, that. Okay, all right, and we'll get them on to you with the, with the correct spellings and all of that. Okay. Um, hi, is there any cure for an ulcer on the top of my toe? Says the listener. So that, um, so really what the problem is there is it's not healing, is poor wound healing. And that often happens, Patricia, when circulation is very poor. That's ultimately what happens with people with diabetes. Um, the diabetes, elevated blood sugars have damaged the little capillaries that reach to the fingers and the toes and they don't get a good blood supply. So circulation really poor. And that's then, you know, the tissues aren't nourished and not able to heal. So possibly, I would certainly suggest that this person goes and gets checked for their blood sugars to make sure that there's no pre-diabetic condition or anything like that. And then in terms of improving healing, well, the first thing to do is improve circulation. So you can actually do that yourself by massage, Patricia, rubbing the feet vigorously and try to increase the blood supply to the feet. But also supplements like... um, Garlic and horseradish are very good for kind of improving circulation. And another lovely one for circulation overall is called resveratrol. Um, That's what they find in red wine and red grapes and purple berries. And that's why they think the French have so little heart disease in spite of eating a huge amount of saturated fat. So there is veritrol and horseradish and garlic, very good for circulation. And then in terms of wound healing, you always need good vitamin C and zinc levels for healing to take um, place properly. And the Dr. Dealish Clare healing cream is a lovely one. It's got calendula in there and comfrey. And comfrey is a herb actually that's also known as knit bone because it can help the tissues to knit together. So it's great for poor wound healing. It's great actually to develop healthy bone as well because it can help your bone the tissue of the bone to develop properly and to knit together properly. So the Dr. Dealish Clare Healing Cream, and if you can't get your hands on that, get some Comfrey Balm. Okay. Hi, Annelise. Uh, could you recommend, is there any such thing as a natural softener available for clothes? Yes, definitely. You can get fabric softeners that are more natural and they still will have certain chemicals in there. So if you... Um, If you have got any skin condition, I think um, fabric softener is the worst in the world, Patricia. But if you go into any health shop, there are lovely fabric softeners available, like Method is a very good brand. Ecover, I know, is a brand that you'll find in most supermarkets. Um, And Ecozone, there's a few different ones. I used to use before the Lilies um, fabric softener as well. That's uh, an Irish-based company, and I absolutely love all their natural products for cleaning. Their degreaser is fantastic for um, for stoves and for bathrooms. Um, uh, for counter, like cooking stoves, I mean, mm. for sure, for cutting through grease. Yeah. So the lilies, I definitely recommend as well. But actually, if there's any skin condition, I'd lay off the fabric conditioner altogether because really anything that is left in the fabric that's going to rub up against your skin could cause irritation. Okay, question for Annalise, please. Is it okay to take lemongrass for high cholesterol? Certainly okay to take, Patricia, I suppose. I'm not sure in what form they're taking it, and I'm not sure how beneficial it would be, really. Uh, Lemongrass is from the lemongrass plant. Anyone who likes Thai food will know how delicious it tastes, and it's also a lovely one to burn in the house. 
Uh, but I'm I'm not sure. I think it probably would help in terms of supporting the liver, but I don't think it would be very effective in bringing cholesterol down. Really what you're looking at there is you're looking at plant sterols that you find in the likes of the Flora Proactive and the Benicols, but you can actually also buy them in high amounts. You need to take at least 1.6 grams a day of those. So uh, you need to actually really probably take a supplement. And the other thing that's very effective at bringing down cholesterol is red rice yeast. It works in the same way as the statin drug, but in my experience, a lot of my customers who can take the statins do very, very well on that and it brings it down very effectively. Okay, hi Patricia. What collagen product would Annalise recommend? So there's lots of different ones on the market, Patricia, and there's cheap and cheerful and there's very expensive. So generally they say that marine collagen is the best on the whole. And the other thing I suppose I like about marine collagen as well, Patricia, is that it just bypasses the bones, which we're all still a little bit wary of uh, because of the BSE. Most other collagen comes from bovine bones. Now, I know it's very, very carefully controlled and there has been no incidences of BSE. Uh, the mad cow disease been traced back to them. But some people are a little bit wary, in which case the marine collagen would fill that um very nicely and we have a couple of lovely ones here i know the planet paleo is a nice brand um a little bit more expensive we also have got um collagen from gal gal and they do in a marine and a bovine collagen and it's in a plain pack and it's really good and we get good feedback on that and then nature's plus have been doing a collagen that's not been available unfortunately for the last six months but that collagen is from very carefully controlled grass-fed beef bones so it's a very high quality but there's also some actually egg egg shell membrane in there and that is wonderful for anybody who is taking collagen for their joints as well as for their skin Okay, hi um, Annalise, my daughter uh, wakes up crying with headaches some morning, it seems to be around her sinuses any tips will be welcome and if you have any kind of a blockage in your sinus it does lead to very bad headaches Absolutely. And I'd say overnight when she's probably stuffed up as well, you know, that's probably not helping. Um, so I suppose Patricia really sinus, loads of people would know it themselves. They have sinus that kind of go all year round. It gets worse in the winter. Some people it's worse in the summer. Um, if they get any kind of cold, it goes to their sinuses. Generally, people who've got a lot of sinus problems, they're um, they're reacting to something either environmental or food-wise uh, from an allergic perspective. So that's always really the, the key to sorting out your sinuses is to try and identify what triggers them. And if you're worse in the winter, it tends to be probably mold and damp, in which case maybe consider getting um, an air purifier for the bedroom at night time. So that would take out anything in the air that would be irritating her when she's asleep at night. Um they're quite expensive, the Dyson ones, but they're very, very good. And you could move it around the house, you know, as you need it. So you could keep it in the sitting room in the evening, move it up to a bedroom at night. Herbs that are very good to kind of clear the sinuses. Dr. Delish Clare does a lovely blend called uh, Congestion Blend. And it's full of things like Skullcap, Bayberry, Ivy, Thyme, Plantago. These are all very bitter herbs that help with um, drying up the, in, the, in the sinus passages. Um, and then just a tip, and I don't even know how this works, but sometimes if I have a cold, Patricia, um, I put a big kind of thick gob of Vaseline across the bridge of the nose. And for some reason, it seems to keep the nose fairly free at night. Mm. Um, you don't see, I don't seem to get it blocked up if I have a cold. 
Um, and you could also use maybe some um, natural essential oils like eucalyptus and tea tree oil and put a tissue under the pillow and that would also maybe help keep the sinuses clear as well. Okay, hi uh, Patricia, appreciate it. If you could ask Annalise please, could she recommend anything for a 10-month-old baby who has a cough? Yes, it's hard to get a natural cough book bottle for the te- for the baby, Patricia, but the Dr. Delish Claire does one called Kinderkind and it's suitable from six months and it is really good. We sell lots of it. People come back for it again and again. Uh, so that's a really nice one and it can be given to babies as young as six months old. Okay, hi Annalise. I'm on a steroid uh, permanently. I'm having great difficulty sleeping. I'm really tired going to bed. I can get off to sleep for about 15 to 20 minutes and then wide awake, tossing and turning. Most nights I end up having to get up for an hour or two. I've tried nighttime magnesium, but it's not helping, uh, thanking you. And do I assume, is it the steroid is causing the... Wide I think awake. so, Patricia. Yeah. yeah, steroids. And actually, if if you um, ever, you know, if you people who've been prescribed steroids would know that they can get loads of housework done and run miles and feel fantastic, the energy you get from them is great. They can also have an effect on your appetite, of course, as well. They can decrease your appetite hugely. Um, so I would say that is more than likely the steroids. So possibly take them in the morning would be the first bit of advice there so that you're you know they're maybe gone through your system by the end of the day um it's that you're fighting a bit of a battle really against something like steroids because that's what's keeping you awake but you could try more complex um um sleep remedies like there's uh, the um nhp do a very good advanced sleep support and valerian tends to work better as well for the busy body busy brain and dr vogel do a uh, dormison valerian that you can get in drops um, the other thing you could do is you could go to your doctor and you could ask them for a drowsy antihistamine. You know, the mm, ones that knock yeah, you out. Yeah, yeah. And that might just get you over the hump because uh, the natural ones work to stop the busy body, busy brain when your mind is whirling. But like the steroids actually upregulate all your adrenaline. So it's going to be hard to get a natural one. I'd say that might work on that. And there's nothing worse when you're exhausted and then you're just yeah, toss, and you're, tossing and turning. And yeah, more than any yeah, other yeah, 100%. Okay, hi, a question for Annalise, please. Re fingernails. At the moment, they're okay, but I can go through long periods where the nails are very brittle and splitting. I do follow a good balanced diet. I wear gloves doing housework. Any advice, please? So sometimes during the year, the nails get very brittle and split. So the, probably the easiest answer to that, Patricia, is to take um, a biotin supplement during the months that you. Uh, find that the nails are brittle and split. So I think everybody would know that when they go on holidays to a sunny country, their nails get beautifully hard and their hair seems to grow. And also our hair and nails grow much, much better in the summer. So there's definitely something to do with vitamin D. Uh, Even though taking a vitamin D, my nails are still better in the summer, even if I take a vitamin D throughout the winter months. So there's probably something else going on with the UV light. Biotin is one of the best ones to improve nail quality. Uh, The other thing I'd say as well is that it is a question we might ask in a kind of a nutrition consultation would be, do your nails break a lot? And if people say yes, and if there's ridges, it could indicate that maybe people are struggling to digest their proteins, which might mean stomach acid was a bit weak. And in those cases, we'd recommend a digestive enzyme with some stomach acid or HCL, it's called, in there. Quest do a very good one, um, Viridian do a lovely one, and Salgar do a lovely one. And that would also have the added benefit of helping you absorb your vitamins and minerals better. So, And it also would help if you were suffering from any little bit of constipation. So either the biotin, if it's just for a few months of the year, but if it's an ongoing thing, try the digestive enzyme with a little bit of acid, unless 
you've heartburn, in which case don't. Okay, and very finally, Lister says, my blood pressure is slightly up. Could you recommend anything that would help to reduce it, please? So, yeah, it, 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 blood pressure is a difficult one, Patricia, because we really don't know. Lots of people have very healthy diets, not overweight, do a huge amount of exercise and have a low-salt diet, and they still can get high blood pressure. But they would be the things to typically start with. Um, definitely, there's a, a diet, if you look it up online, called the DASH diet, D-A-S-H, and it's a very low-sodium diet. You could also try taking uh, magnesium and potassium. The best way of taking those, I like, is as electrolytes. So if you go into any health shop or sports shop, people often take them if they're doing a lot of exercise to replace lost salts. So that's electrolytes. And then there is a nice supplement. Um, I think there's a supplement called um, Cardio P. It's, it's like the Cardio K, which is for cholesterol. But the Cardio P is just a potassium supplement for blood pressure. And I know Terra Nova do an absolutely lovely one that has got Hawthorne, magnesium and CoQ10 in there. And that's really, really nice. But if your blood pressure is still elevated after a month, you need to look maybe at a medication. Okay. All right. Listen, have a great week and enjoy St. Patrick's Day. And we'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks, Annalise. That's Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic. And all the items that we mentioned today, Annalise will put up on her own website, which is healthhubstore.com. And that's right of you for today. Thanks to John Paul McNamara, who produced Nick Richards, is with you for the afternoon. And we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. On to the line, Patricia Messenger. A very good afternoon and enjoy the rest of your Monday. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.